So, Bailey, you know how I love my cheesy disaster movies. I do. Well, I was watching San Andreas the other night and was wondering just how realistic is this? You know, aside from The Rock's many heroics and perfectly timed aerial maneuvers, what would actually happen if the big one really hit California? Would there be fires, tsunamis, rolling waves of collapsing skyscrapers narrowly missing protagonists as they run towards higher ground? Let's find out. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome back to Calamity Janes, the podcast where two sisters, a.k.a. anything but plain Janes, talk about disaster, mayhem, catastrophe. Any other synonyms? Uh, Calamity. Calamity. (laughs) I'm Bailey. I'm Madison. And we are going to tell you all about today's disaster. Moo, what is it? It's the big one. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and by the big one, are we, Are this is actually, sounds like it's going to be just a character study of The Rock, The which is not a disaster. Yes. It's more like the Eighth World Wonder, I think. Truly. I really do yes. love The Rock. He is, he is so great. so nice. <laughs> I really like him. I couldn't get enough of the the interviews, the like the press junket for Jungle Cruise with him and Emily Blunt. Like they just had Oh, I haven't such, seen any of them. Oh, they're so, they're so great. So wholesome. Like their chemistry, just chatting with each other about the movie. They, they're nice. I and like he both seems of them great. so much. Sheesh. I know. I know. It's nice. Huh. I need to watch Jungle Cruise. I still haven't done it. Same. Same Z's. And now I want to go on the ride. I just want to go to Disney World so bad. I know. Well, soon. Soon. In a couple of years. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, is it sad I just want to go as an adult? Andrew and I just want to go together. No, let's We're about go. to have a let's brand go. new baby <laughs> and we just want to go together. I am with you. I yeah. don't really want to go with kids. But yeah. Uh, so they could go on roller coasters, which okay. you don't care about. You could watch. Oh my god, we could go with kids, the and then kids. you could watch the kids. Yes, I just want to go to. I just want to eat the food, really, and yeah. see the the Hall of Presidents. I'll hold the kids while you go to the Hall of Presidents. Of all of the rides, really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Thank seems you. like your speed. I want to go to the castles and like I love that they recreate oh, yeah. all of the the different little worlds. Okay. Anyways, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about something totally different. San Andreas Fault, The Rock. Yes. Let's go. Okay. So for those of you not in the U.S., when people in the states typically talk about the big one, we kind of make jokes about how California is eventually just going to break off the rest of the continent. Fall into the yeah. ocean. Yeah. And uh, because... Not funny jokes, like grim jokes. Yes. Uh, gallows humor. Yes. Um, so it, there is a very large fault line in the U.S. through California or part of California. It's very active. It's very big. And so when we talk about the big one, we talk about the earthquake that would result from said fault line moving. We'll get more into the weeds, obviously. But I just want to get that out of the way because I wrote this and I just titled it the big one and someone in a different country would... Probably not know what that means. I mean, maybe lots of different things would come to mind. Let us know. Write in to our email. What does what? the big one mean to you? <laughs> Great. You, that's your homework for the week. Thank you. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, we asked if anyone would be interested in an episode on a potential future disaster. No one responded, so I took that as overwhelming <laughs> enthusiasm. I told you exactly which future disaster I wanted to hear about. It was it's like the massive mega volcano under uh, Yellowstone. I actually. Know. Okay, I'm sorry, but I wanted to do this. No one, one responded. Oh, 
Ouch. You don't count. I You're don't not a count. listener. <laughs> wow. I was watching San Andreas and it moved me. <laughs> so here we moved. are. No one told me I couldn't do it. So here we are. Alrighty. Alrighty. Uh, here for it. Ready for it. So let's take a minute and discuss a few of the mechanisms behind earthquakes and earthquake ratings. Uh, please do. I know. You're just dying to know. Give me scales, give me numbers, give me magnitudes. Let's throw it back to everyone's favorite earth science class and talk about fault planes and epicenters. Um, everyone's favorite earth science class. If really? you are listening to this podcast, you at one point in your life enjoyed some part of an earth science class. And I don't care if you are experienced. Bailey, you majored in astrophysics. You, <laughs> I get that. But I, I guess, no, my question is, there's an entire class dedicated to that. You mean like the section of class? Because like, could, is there a whole entire class dedicated to... What'd you say it was? Earth, si- Earth science? No, this the particular subsection. You're like the subduction and subvert convergence. I of talk the- about fault planes and epicenters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like the okay. No, we can't do this. This episode is going to be a thousand years long if we. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. Earthquakes happen when two chunks of Earth, called tectonic plates, suddenly and awkwardly try to scooch past each other. Oh, I was waiting for... Excuse me there. Oh, excuse me. I'm just going to sneak past you there. Uh, This happens at faults or fault planes. The spot below the Earth's surface where this awkward encounter happens is called the hypocenter, and the surface level location is called the epicenter. I don't think I knew that. Now you do. I do. Uh, We always usually talk about the epicenter because it's up where we are. Yeah. Uh, When the tectonic plates overcome the friction of their jagged edges and scooch past each other or collide, energy is released in the form of seismic waves that radiate outwards like a pebble being dropped into water. Love the visual. Love it. Yes. There are different kinds of waves. There are P waves and S waves. S waves. Yes. I was not going to talk very much about those because it's not super pertinent to the rest of... That's the only thing I know. S waves are surface level. S stands for surface. P goes through the earth. Yes. Good job. Oh, because they're pressure. P for pressure. It's like literally the compression of the earth Mm -hmm. into each other. Yeah. Whereas S waves are literally like the earth becomes liquid for a moment, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good job. Do you know which one's more damaging? Um... No, I was about to just take pride in the fact that I can science, yes. and now you're going to take that away from me? Gotcha, really. I can science. We can all science. <laughs> so that's where we get lots of shaking. Well, sometimes. you can have Which one is more destructive? I wanted to say S. You asked me the question and you didn't know the answer? Because I very specifically remember being in my geology class talking about this. And I remember it not being the one that I thought it was going to be, which makes me think it would be P waves. Yeah, me too. But I can't exactly. I asked you because I was going to be all holier than thou about it. And then I know. I, forgot. I know. That's why, that's why when I asked you, you didn't know the answer. I felt a little good about myself. <laughs> okay. That is, uh, that's it on earthquakes. That's as into the weeds as we really need to get. Okay. Earthquakes were originally measured using the Richter scale, in which an earthquake's magnitude was determined using the logarithm of the amplitude of the largest seismic wave. So they get real powerful real fast because it's logarithmic. Yes, exactly. Very good. That you remembered. Sure do. 
This scale has apparently, I didn't know this, been mostly replaced with more modern scientific practices, but the media still loves to use it because we all love to quantify just how scary something is. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the uh, tornado rating system, which I was also informed, out of date. Yes. Not right. Well, we had the F scale and now it's the EF scale. Mm -hmm. Um, Times they are changing. Yeah, but that's actually a good example of a lot of the time um, tornadoes, part of the rating system, evaluates damage afterwards. Um, Mm. And it seems like there are some scales for measuring earthquakes that do the same thing. Interesting. Yeah, as as opposed to purely using like the the logarithmic amplitude. Well, what they're kind of measuring two different things, right? Damage afterwards is is kind of a measure of like what civilization was in the way versus mm-hmm. raw magnitude is like the power of the earth or the power yes. of the weather. Yeah, you're very right. I I do not have definitive answers about how earthquakes are now measured. I just saw that they now it seems like they compile more factors mm. into okay. their rating. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Um, I mean, both are valuable, mm-hmm. but I guess when I think of a ma- like your total magnitude, right. mm-hmm. I think of when the earth shook, it was like X number of bombs. go. Like it was, you know, just think yes. about it in raw energy mm-hmm. terms. Yeah, you are completely right. Um, well, okay. Let me let me see exactly what I address in the script of mine that I wrote <laughs> four or five nights ago as I watched The Rock to leap out of helicopters. And you immersed yourself in this topic. Do you <laughs> normally really... write your episodes like this? No, I, go, I was so distracted. It took me... So much because of the rock, yeah. Duh. He's just so fun. It was among, a... among other things, yes, he is just so fun. Well, now I can't see him without seeing Maui from Moana. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which was another beautiful performance of it. Have not seen it, I know, I know, but I will. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to watch it. Oh my god, I'm going to watch okay. it. Okay, stop the podcast. <laughs> We need to take a break. (laughs) Okay. Back to it. The scale... uh, Okay. Without getting too into the weeds about scales that I really, like I said, know nothing about, the Richter scale is logarithmic, so each increase, i.e. from a magnitude 2 to a magnitude 3, represents the release of about 31 times more energy than the previous whole number. So this sort of implies that the scale is potentially infinite. Thankfully, that's not really the case. <laughs> Until the earth breaks apart. Yes. That's always Just like shakes my... itself apart. <laughs> that's truly whenever, like, I think when I first learned that and someone said, you know, it could go on for forever. I was like, but eventually the earth will break. Eventually something will happen and it won't go on forever. Yeah. Well, I think it would have to shake pretty darn hard to like really just crack apart i'm not going to do a good enough job just i know but it's like cracking an egg what if what if the earth just cracked that's right that's right you now have that to worry about with the red hot magma just just like the yolk and the uh sorry okay no i'm having an existential crisis apparently (laughs) um so that leads me to my next point which is that whenever people talk about the big one Some people assume that means a magnitude 10.0 earthquake. I'm here to tell you that a magnitude 10.0 earthquake is not only extremely unlikely, but maybe even impossible with our planet's existing fault lines. Oh, thank God. Okay. According to the USGS, since the magnitude of an earthquake is related to the length of the fault on which it occurs, there would need to be a fault line that wraps 
almost entirely around the planet to produce a magnitude 10 earthquake. And then the earth would crack in half. Yes. Like an egg. There you go. Okay. I will give you that. And it's not going to, you heard it here first, folks, ain't going to (laughs) happen. The largest earthquake ever recorded was a magnitude 9.5 in 1960 in Chile on a fault that's nearly 1,000 miles long. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's a 9.5, which is obviously very close to 10, but when you put it on a logarithmic scale... It does need to get much, it would have to be much, 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 much more bigger. More, yeah, yeah, powerful. And that's a fault that's almost a thousand miles long, which is crazy. Sometimes I forget how long and therefore geographically diverse Chile is. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. That quake is about as close to a mega quake, which is what scientists. Well, I think it's like a colloquial term for the big one, kind of those types of quakes. Uh, as we've got, that earthquake occurred off the coast and ignited a string of horrific and deadly tsunamis that reached Hawaii, Japan, and the Philippines. Oh. So a magnitude 10 would truly feel apocalyptic. Both of the place where it occurred and... Literally where, everywhere else. But, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But those tsunamis are exactly where a California quake would differ. So if you... Have you seen San Andreas? No, I have not. <laughs> um... I'm not claiming. I didn't think that it was all that accurate. I'm not claiming that it is. But if when earthquakes happen on a coast, it's not – it makes sense to think about tsunamis happening too. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to earthquake-induced su- – and that happened in the movie. There was a massive tsunami and it wiped out everyone that wasn't already killed in the earthquake. So, But not in California, right? Yeah. It's not like it came back. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. But yes, in the movie, it did. It came right over the Golden Gate Bridge and took out the bay. Oh, I I mean, I guess when you think about waves emanating outward from an epicenter and it's like circular, I guess how it could kind of... Nope. That would explain how it could... No? Nope. It doesn't make sense. sense. (laughs) When it comes to earthquake-induced tsunamis, you typically need the ocean floor to move. AKA, your fault line needs to be primarily in the ocean. Really? Yes. Huh. California's number one megaquake suspect is none other than the San Andreas Fault, which is mostly on land. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, and unlike the rock cinematic masterpiece, a giant tsunami that sweeps away the crumbs of San Francisco's infrastructure is a no-go. How far inland is the San Andreas? Um, not that far. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not like on the beach, but it's not like in the middle of California. Do you want to look at a map? Yep, sure do. Please. Oh, wow. It's like you can see it from the sky. Yeah. Have you ever seen the pictures of the San Andreas Fault? Like, no, it is. It is literally like someone sewed the earth together. Yeah, exactly. It's like it looks like a scar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Huh. And oh, I see. Okay. So. It gets further inland the farther south you go in California. But they always look at, like, San Francisco as being one of the, which is Northern California. Is that because of the uh, damage that it would inflict on San Francisco? Or is it literally like. That's a big part of it. Gotcha. And there's a lot of activity there. Okay. So Mm -hmm. they, they also think that that is a point of pressure buildup. Specifically, got it. Yes. So, what could we expect from a mega Cali quake? 
Fortunately, Business Insider pondered this exact same question a few years ago. So, <laughs> Thanks, Business Insider. I know, right? So here's what they had to say. The vast majority of this information is coming from this Business Insider video <laughs> slash article. So I'm just going to shout out to them right now. Uh, according to a 2008 federal report, the most likely scenario for California's next big one is a magnitude 7.8 that would rupture a 200-mile stretch along the southern part of the San Andreas Fault. 200 miles? Wow. Mm-hmm. For reference, the power released in a 7.8 earthquake is close to the power used in the whole state for a year. The whole state of California? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's like nuclear type of yeah mm -hmm. but wow yeah it's kind of hard to fathom yes exactly that's a lot of intense shaking and that's likely uh a lot of intense damage and it's all built up in one instant is the mm -hmm. thing like it's not you're not distributing it over a year yeah. all your buildings are like boom yeah at the same time oh yeah over the course of like a minute yeah San Francisco and San Bernardino would be most harshly affected by such an earthquake. Both cities are very densely populated with lots of buildings, and that spells trouble when it comes to earthquakes. There's a good chance many buildings could collapse, and that's where you would first run into fatalities, which is kind of a given when you think about earthquakes. Especially in San Francisco with so many historic buildings, uh, many of those beautiful buildings are very old and very vulnerable. And with the expected prolonged period of shaking, many of those older skyscrapers in downtown L.A. would soon be scraping the ground. Because even though San Francisco and L.A. are pretty far apart, an earthquake of that magnitude would definitely be felt for a very long ways, especially in L.A. Sure, sure, sure. Are we going to talk about how effective uh, standing under a doorway actually is? We are. That's the last okay. little bit that I'm going to address. Okay, because as I mean, as I'm thinking through, as you're walking me through what happens kind of first here with the buildings falling, I'm thinking something tells me a door frame isn't going to save me in a skyscraper. No, no, it won't. Well, and they always say, you know, now we build these skyscrapers, especially in California where earthquakes are such a problem. They're like earthquake proof. Earthquake proof. And like, that's not really the case. They're mostly meant what? to just not kill people when something happens. But I had no idea. I literally thought that they were building them so they like wiggle or wobble or, or whatever. Oh, I like think I thought they Japan do, but was doing a, a 7.8 is a different situation. Don't tell me that. Okay, well, are you going to skyscrapers in California soon? Well, as you're telling me this, I'm kind of thinking I can't. I can't tell if I want to go there as soon as possible to make sure I visit before it's gone. Or if no time is a safe time and I just need to stay away. I had my chance 100 years ago and it's just not going to happen for me. I got to gotta stay away. You had your chance 100 years ago in your I past mean, life? I mean, in theory, you know what I mean. Like we've had, I've had the past, how old am I? 32? Good as 100. I've had so long to That's go visit. So if I haven't. You're so old. A truly dirt old. Experts estimate the quake could kill about 1,800 people and leave 50,000 with injuries. And from what I was reading, that's just the earthquake like itself. That's not the aftermath of... I don't think so. The information in the Business Insider page was a little unclear. <laughs> Business Insider. Business Insider. Do better. If you're going to dip your toe into disaster, <laughs> do it right. Many of those casualties would be from falling debris and collapsed buildings, like we were just talking about. 
But if we learned anything from San Francisco's major 1906 earthquake, it's that fire is a very real problem post-earthquake. Uh, are you going to tell me what causes the fire? I sure am. Thank you. Because so I was about to. This. I was about to take a guess, and I was like, mm, I bet The Rock told her. Okay, he or didn't. Business Insider. Fire was like not that much of an issue in that movie. That's surprising. At least not where we were following our protagonist. I see. It seems like it really lent itself to a great action film, though. Things blowing up, fire everywhere. Hey, listen, as far as cheesy disaster movies go, it could be a lot worse. Well, I mean, couldn't they all? I'm just saying, if you're looking for effects to add to a disaster movie, fire seems to be it. So Well, sorry, they had the... 400 foot tsunami instead oh that's true that's true i guess that's more of a awesome and magnificent sort of yes effect i'm just happy there weren't like spontaneous tornadoes or something and like as this was all going down you're right it could have been worse they yeah. could have thrown a tornado in there for good measure <laughs> or sharknado or sharknado oh my gosh okay in that earthquake in san francisco in 1906 Buildings collapsed from the shaking and ruptured gas lines that then ignited um, fires that spread throughout the city for days. Um, well, I'm sure if you can't stop the, the ignition. Stop, yeah. Yeah. And those have to be like, unless you shut off the gas flow, you how do you firefight those? And if you can't access the main line, how do you shut it off? Oh, that sounds... Water mains were out of service, and officials resorted to dynamiting city blocks to create fire breaks. Which is not what I would have expected. I don't know how effective that strategy was. Okay. Uh, I read somewhere that, like, the vast majority of the city was destroyed. That I would have guessed. Um, I just wonder if the dynamite helped or hurt. Yeah, I don't think it helped. I think desperate times, but... I don't think it helped. The San Andreas Fault intersects 39 gas and oil pipelines at different points. The concern there is once again that gas would be released into the air and deadly explosions would wreak havoc on an already devastated city, except on a much, much larger scale with our 21st century infrastructure. 39 points? Mm Mm-hmm. What did we literally build the pipeline on top of the fault? We zigzag. It's like a zipper. The the thing that's holding the stitches together, the fault, is just a zipper of oil pipeline. Yep. Oh, my God. It makes so much sense. So much sense. (laughs) Also a prominent concern is access to fresh water. Aqueduct networks could be severely damaged, and there goes 60% of your water supply. And in drier parts of California, water's already an issue. Oof. Right? Yeah. That is so true. Distribution lines could also be contaminated with ruptured sewer lines. So the water that you can get might not even be safe. So get one of those drinking straws that like Santa or, or those life straws. Tablets. Yeah, the life straws, mm. iodine tablets. Next up are landslides. California's beautiful mountainous terrain lends itself as the perfect environment for landslides as sediments on those slopes shift. Are landslides common there? Um, I don't know about there, but landslides are a very, very common effect of or consequence of earthquakes. Some earthquakes can even cause thousands of landslides over a period of time. I guess I always think of the terrain there as being pretty stable, like unless you hear about it getting a lot of rain or, you know, something something extraordinary like that happened. I never really equate California with landslides. Well, and landslides also could just be 
loose rocks coming down the side like yeah boulders and boulders yeah. yeah lots of people live in those hills and that's another area where there could be significant loss of life and substantial property damage prime real estate mm-hmm. lastly the economy would certainly suffer the financial cost of a california med- mega quake is estimated to be 200 billion dollars with 33 billion in building damages and 50 billion in lost economic activity especially because all every single just about every single one of the tech mega giants is there yep that is so true yeah so i mean obviously so many other jobs and industries but when you think about you know the the economy the tech economy it's like entirely and how much Mm -hmm. the tech economy makes up the u.s economy california it's all in california yeah and so at the end of san andreas the very last scene where you know everyone spoilers uh (laughs) okay where all of your favorite people make it out alive and they're all looking at each other at the end arm in arm looking over this new world that they're confronted with there's this big zoom out of what California looks like, and the easternmost part of California has broken off. <gasps> yeah. They did it. They literally did it in the movie. Yes. California, it finally broke, broke off. off. And God, there's even this moment where um, The Rock's love interest in the movie says, you know, now what? And then he says, the last line of the movie, do you want to take a guess what it is? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's... And now we rebuild. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell totally me. Agree. And then the rock goes to where the fault broke apart, and, pulls and he it grabs. Back together. Yes, he grabs one, <laughs> and then the other patch of land, and he goes on together. That would have been a better ending. Yeah, like I said, I love cheesy disaster movies. I do, but at the end, what was I expecting? It's The Rock in an action movie. It's And he, of course he's optimistic. He's yes. The Rock. He's not going to say, I'm going to go cry in a closet. I find whatever. There are no closets. I can't even cry in a closet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so then they zoom out and you see that they're on an island. <laughs> how fun. How tropical. How, how fun. <laughs> yes. So you had asked before, what do you do in an earthquake? Sincerely curious, yes. Well, Michigan Tech has a page just for you to tell you what to do before, during, and after an earthquake. If there's one thing I think about when I think of Michigan Tech, it's how prone they are to earthquakes in that neck of the woods. Good thing they're on top of it. Yes. Well, I didn't know that there was a pretty major fault line that ran through part of Arkansas until I started going to school there. Yeah, they kind of they kind of hide everywhere, don't they? There's like the one over on the east coast, like by Charleston, with the great Charleston quake that oh they love to talk about. Gosh, and, yes, that yeah. is. Whew, yes. Okay, so before an earthquake, this is just general preparedness that you should have. Depending, on, I feel like almost every region in the U.S. has something that you should be prepared for. Um, fire extinguishers, first aid kit. Battery-powered radios, flashlights, extra batteries. Those are smart things just to have. Those sound standard for everywhere. Well, yes, exactly. But do you have all of those things ready? Uh, I have a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not a great cook. (laughs) But I guess it could come in handy in an earthquake pinch. 
there you go. Uh, learn first aid. Learn how to turn off the gas, water, and electricity so you can avoid setting your town on fire. What constitutes first aid? People say this like it's a known set of things that you do. Band-aid application? Check. Uh, am I supposed to tourniquet someone? Or Yeah, like... that, that is, yes, that's a, a reasonable thing to know how to do. CPR. Do you know how to tourniquet someone? I think I could do it if I needed to. I think I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy and Chicago Med to, to know how Splint to Splint that leg. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like that of all the things, that's probably not that hard to do. Well, I guess you don't want to make it too tight. You don't want to make it too loose. That's probably the tricky part. Yeah. You have to be able but I think a critical part of first aid is being able to rip a strip off of your shirt to wrap around someone's wound be able to do it with your teeth i don't have enough i need to buy different shirts none of my shirts are really suitable to that uh make up a plan for where to meet your family if you get separated don't leave heavy objects on shelves because they can fall during an earthquake okay that's literally what shelves are made for i know are to put things specifically objects many of them heavy on okay well living in texas i think you can skip that one I told, we talked about this in a different episode. We have little quakes because of fracking around us. So we are not immune to earthquakes that's around true. these parts. But no one's expecting you to get the big one. This is. No, that's true. Unless they're doing a lot, lot of fracking. fracking. A lot, a lot of fracking. Well, it's Which is not outside the yeah. possibility. Uh, learn the earthquake plan at your school or workplace, which again is in your house. So. Yep. My workplace you is You and home. Andrew can come up with your own <laughs> buddy plan. system. Yes. Okay. What to do during an earthquake? Stay calm, it says in bold. With an exclamation With an exclamation point. Okay. Not the effect. Not, not, I don't think that's what was that they were going for. No. If you're inside, stay inside. If you're outside, stay outside. Do not try to seek shelter anywhere else. Wherever you are when it starts, get under a table if you can. But that's it. Like, don't try to go anywhere. It's just going to make it worse. But what if I feel more comfortable outside? I wouldn't. Well, things are going... While it's actively shaking and things are falling, you don't want to be moving too much. I guess that's true. I'm envisioning a world where I'm literally next to a door and you're telling me that it's better to be inside than outside. I'm walking out that door and you can't stop me. If you are in a cartoon world where you're inside your house and then there's a sunny field outside... Yeah. Sure, run outside. You have my permission to do that. Where you are right now, don't do that. Well, I guess gotcha. you can go into the middle of your street. But anyways, just let me, just, just be cool, okay? Okay. Be, is that the next? Yes. Just be cool, just man. Just be cool. Um, if you're indoors, stand against a wall near the center of the building. Stand in a doorway or crawl under heavy furniture like a desk or a table. Stay away from windows and outside doors. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical about the crawling under a heavy object kind of thing, but okay. Well, I think it's meant to be sturdy to protect you from, like, the ceiling falling on you. I get that, but I'm in, I guess maybe it's because I'm on the second floor right now. I see the whole floor falling and then that heavy thing that I just crawled under falling on top of me. And I'm thinking, why would I do that? That sounds like I'm going to get squashed like a bug on a windshield. Well, in your booth, just stay there. Yeah, this thing's like an elevator. <laughs> this is going to be like if an elevator just drops and I'm going to get my bunk, my head up on the top of the ceiling and then slam back down into the... Yeah. Let's... Not going to happen. Not gonna... It's just like, it's not going to happen here now. No. If you are outdoors, stay in the open, away from power lines or anything that could fall. 
stay away from buildings because windows will shatter and they will fall on you and you will get impaled in the leg just like the other love interest in San Andreas. <laughs> we'll put everything in terms of San Andreas. <laughs> you will get impaled. You will die. And when I cover the Yellowstone one, I will put everything in terms of 2012. Also, I haven't seen that. That's a good one. That's John Cusack. That was a decent movie. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, uh, okay, totally mixed my disaster movies. Day, the after, day tomorrow. after Tomorrow. Yes. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And Emmy Rossum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, Volcano, the Statue of Liberty is covered in snow. What are you talking? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Different that disasters. Is that is a climate crisis. This, and that's another good one. That is an excellent movie. Great movie. Love that movie. Fantastic movie. Don't use matches, candles, or any flames for the love of God. There are broken gas lines, Bailey. What are you doing? I am so sorry. <laughs> I just really wanted to light this Bath and Body Works candle. I know. Everything smelled like natural gas. I thought it smelled better <laughs> if I lit a candle. I needed my apple linen candle. Apple linen? Is that I don't real? Know. I don't know. Probably. Probably. And actually, now that you say it, apple. it doesn't sound bad. There you go. Yeah. Like apple pie, plus I just did some laundry. Yum. Perfect. If you're yeah. in a car, stop the car and stay inside of the car until the earthquake stops. I guess I get that. Stop the car. Yeah. Be probably pretty disorienting to drive when the ground's <laughs> shaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is really obvious. Don't get in an elevator. No. I can't think of a worse place to be than No, why would you get into an elevator? Not smart. Don't I guess if you I I guess if you're in a skyscraper, maybe like like in a fire, how they they say go down the stairs and you're like, but I know it's gonna be faster if I just take the elevator and you're like If I do it fast enough, then the fire won't get me. Yeah. Or yeah, if I do it fast enough, the the earthquake won't get me. Yeah. I just need to get out of the building. You're so focused on getting out that you're you think you're going the more efficient way and not the just don't do it. You could get stuck and then it could fall and just horrible things could happen. It would be the worst Tower of Terror ride ever. Truly. A different Tower of Terror. Different, scarier. Mm-hmm. Definitively scarier. Afterwards, check yourself and others for injuries. Provide that first aid tourniqueting situation that we talked about. Check for water, gas, and electric lines. If they're damaged, uh, if they are, shut them off. Check for the smell of gas. Do not cover it up with your apple linen candle. If you smell Noted. it, open all of the windows and doors. Leave immediately and report it to the authorities. Noted. Turn on the radio. Don't use the phone unless it's an emergency because you don't know when you're going to get power again. Uh, Also a good chance that the systems will be overwhelmed anyways. I was going to say there's literally no chance anyone follows that. The first thing you're going to do is call someone like first responders or a family member. Like things are going to be jammed. Mm -hmm. I know from personal experience that my first call in an emergency is to you no matter how impractical (laughs) that is. Yep. And I just sit there and listen like, wow, that sounds intense. I always think, what if you called me and you were having an emergency? Like, say you were out walking and you collapsed or someone like attacked you or something. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. on the phone with you. I'm the only person that knows that this just happened to you. Who do I call? What do I do? I don't know. I've also thought about that. Yeah. Do I I call 911, which then patches me locally, and I describe the situation to them, and hopefully that they can patch me to whoever's in your area. Like, what? 
do I do? So I think they can do that. Okay. I don't know that that's the worst idea because, did I ever tell you this? We were broken into in Chicago, and this was before they had kind of figured out um, when you're calling on a cell phone that, you know, we had have Virginia numbers, and I'm calling the cops in Chicago, and I got put through to a Virginia 911 oh, line. Oh, interesting. Yes. And so I was, like, explaining the situation, telling them I'm in Chicago, and she's like, what? Oh, no. I'm I'm going to need to transfer you. Because <laughs> it's Virginia. She literally talked just like that. Very nice, but very um, fast. And they, they somehow patched me through to a local... <clears throat> 911 line. So oh, okay. it is possible. That's I don't know really that that's the worst idea. Perhaps that's since changed. Let us know, first responders, <laughs> in uh, whichever way you prefer. But this, uh, yeah, huh. fun fact. Okay. Well, now I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, stay out of damaged buildings. Again, kind of an obvious thing. Yeah, maybe it's for the the rocks out there that are like, no, I'm going to run in and my big buff body is going to be immune to falling everything and I'm going to save people. Well, he was a first responder in the movie. Of course he was. Yes. Uh, Although he was definitively off the clock when he was performing all of his heroics. But you're never off the clock. You're never off the clock. (laughs) And the rock. I know. Uh, Be careful around broken glass and debris. Again, obviously. Wear boots or sturdy shoes. You should have an earthquake outfit by the door. Those are my earthquake (laughs) boots. (laughs) Why Southern? Because I'm in the South. Duh. Uh, Be careful of chimneys. They may fall on you. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. All of a sudden, Bert from Mary Poppins popped in my head. Like, I don't know. Okay. He's he's a chimney first responder. Okay. Stay away from beaches because although it's unlikely that there would be a damaging tsunami in California in general, there you can feel earthquakes on land when they happen in the sea, and that's when you would have a, a tsunami. So, and the beach becomes quicksand because the earth is so unstable. Just that if the water starts to withdraw from the beach and you're like oh pretty shells and starfish run away okay you knew that right i did i but i don't think i would have in the moment no i don't know you see that you're like oh must be low tide all of a sudden in a minute okay well in a minute what am i supposed to do in a minute if a tsunami's coming well you have a little bit you have a little bit more time to get away from i'm just saying if you're on the beach and all of a sudden, if the it's tide receding goes out, that it, quickly, yes, yes that's okay, what yes. happens. It goes out really quickly. Okay. Oh my goodness. I was uh, probably watching a video about the place. There's like two places in the world that do this. One is in Nova Scotia, where the tide, the difference in tide, is like. Oh, I should have looked this up because I'm gonna get the number. <laughs> it's the most extreme swing in tide ever, though. It's like. 70 feet or something it's crazy and i just thought well the tide's gonna go in and out pretty quickly there so and that's normal it's not tsunami time i think i learned about that in that tiktoker i'm obsessed with who's doing haunted, uh, haunted, haunted hydrology, hydrology for october oh my gosh, I you love guys her. we're going to link this tiktoker in the description i keep we just keep i think i exclusively am sending madison all of this these tiktoks that i find but she's doing such so many interesting stories about bodies of water and how creepy they are and it's some of them are disaster oriented it's fascinating it's eerie absolutely love someone who can make science especially niche science Mm -hmm. interesting and relevant to other people i love that so much it's 
lovely. And I think if you're listening to us, you would highly enjoy her content. So we will link it down in the description. Yes. Um, so those are all of my earthquake facts that I have for you. And I'll leave you with one fact and why this podcast is just, well, this particular episode is so very important is because California is about 80 years overdue for that earthquake. 80 years? Yeah. How do they track these? They've just looked at the pattern of how frequently an earthquake of this size happens. I see. And they and we don't think that it's just gone dormant. It's it's sleepy. It's not it's not like a volcano where you could just say, "Oh, it's done." I think it's a little different. I was afraid you'd say that. I mean, that makes sense. I figured you would say that, but yeah. So the cycle time for breaks and earthquakes on the San Andreas fault is 130 years. The biggest, their last really big one that they had was 300 years ago. So I don't know why I thought it was that long ago. Okay. Yeah, it was 1680. Well, I think everyone thinks that that 1906 earthquake was like it. And I don't think the earthquake itself, I think the fire was a little bit more notable in that situation than the earthquake itself. How do they know it happened 300 years ago? The big one. Well, the, the other big one. From historical accounts i don't know okay well think about the structures that were in place in the 1680s in california and then look at the damage that was caused then but that's what i'm saying it feels like it's hard to know with the kinds of structures that were up back then versus what are up now it seems like it's harder to compare the two i don't know man sometimes when you hear about historical comparisons like when it's a volcano and you're like the sky blacked out for a week you're like okay that we can we can measure like how much ash could was potentially in the air blah 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 when it comes to um when they didn't have like a similar scale or similar means of assessing damage just because the buildings didn't exist like we have today that's where i'm like how do you know it was as big what if they just think it was really big but it wasn't I can't answer any of those questions for you, Bailey. I'm not I'm not a seismologist. I wasn't I just, there. The, apparently, for the greater Los Angeles area, they're about 80 years overdue. Because the, the San Andreas Fault is 800 miles long. So there are different points where different earthquakes of different sizes have happened. I see. Are likely to happen again. The point is that we are very... We, they are very overdue. So you're telling me now's not the right time for a trip to California. I wouldn't. Until they have the big one? Yeah, and then immediately after. when. And then immediately after. When airline tickets are cheaper. Yeah, if there's an airport to fly into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was about to message our step-siblings who live in LA to ask them what's the the attitude about earthquakes like in town are people actively afraid would that just be me does no one really care does everyone just live with this sense of mortality all the time that at any moment it could all just be shaken away from you I mean when you think about it the same could be said every region has its issues you could freeze to death every single winter I could get stung by a scorpion or die of heat stroke or... Have you ever once encountered a scorpion in your life? Uh, no. And I intend to keep it that way. Big, big spiders, though. 
massive, big, too, too big for my liking. Yeah. They were garden spiders, but still, nothing, nothing that isn't a dog should be that big. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. All right. It's just too big. We have covered so many topics. On this so many topics, so many fears. I'm left uneasy because you aren't giving me any answers. I'm sorry. I don't have, no one really has any of them. I just gave you a long, Michigan Tech and I worked really hard to deliver <laughs> this advice in a fun and de- engaging, engaging way. So I don't know where you went from me. Thanks, Michigan Tech. I feel safe to stay inside or stay outside but don't go into don't cross into either one (laughs) exactly now you know now i know now we all know um everyone get your earthquake preparedness kits ready i don't care where you live california not california you heard it here first get your earth prep 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 and that's it hopefully we like the uh maybe in the future horrible disasters I won't do them too frequently, but they're fun sometimes. I very much liked it. I would have really liked it if it were the Oh, my goodness. Oh, I will do whatever. Yellowstone. Well, next week I'm going to do an avalanche. I'm going to freak you You out. said you were going to do an avalanche this I week. I was. I was starting. I actually started writing it, and then I turned, I turned on San Andreas, and I changed my <laughs> mind. <laughs> wow. How easily you're swayed. It's the rock. That's all it took. He just seems you're... like a cool guy to hang out with. And again, watch Moana. I don't know how many... I've been telling you this for years. Watch Moana. I know. I need to reactivate my Disney Plus account. I can't live like this. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. You've done a wonderful job this week, (laughs) Moo. Thank you. Amazing storytelling. Written beautifully. So many tips. Not all that helpful. But I appreciate it nonetheless. Happy to help. Here to serve. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for another week. Bailey, thank you for your commentary and your frustrations. It did not help at all. So, great. Well, I'm reacting <laughs> to what you're telling me. So, there. Uh, let, uh, email us. Let us know if there's anything you would like us to talk about or if you have questions, comments, concerns about <laughs> what we're saying every week. Do you also have anxiety around earthquakes now? Let us know. <laughs> Just email us your most anxiety-inducing scenario, and I will try to find a disaster that matches it. Um, if you've been in a disaster, oh please gosh, email yes. us about it. If you, like, give uh, us a play-by-play. God, especially in earthquake, because neither of us have ever... Well, I've been in a tiny earthquake, but barely, like a blink and you miss a thing. If you've ever been in, like, a real earthquake, talk to us. Send us your personal disasters. Why have you been holding out on us? Honestly, I thought we were best friends. Do you even like us? We're hurt. I don't think we can be friends anymore. But we will forgive you if you just email us, please. All is forgotten. In the show notes. Perfect. Okay. Great. Now that we nailed, ironed that out, uh, let's sign off, Moo. You first. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'm Madison. And I'm Bailey. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.